Funding for this class is provided by Benjamin Arieh and family in loving memory of Raphael, son of Chacham Rabbi Chia. And then we come to the third and final blessing, or the second blessing, Baruch Ato Hashem, Elokeinu Melech Olam, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, Asher Banu Mikol You chose us from all the nations of the world. You gave us your Torah. Baruch Ato Hashem, Blessed are you, Hashem, Noisein HaTorah. You recognize this blessing, this is the blessing you make when you're by mitzvah, you called up to the Torah. And every time you called up to the Torah, you make this blessing, the opening blessing. So we say, we thank Hashem for choosing us. We're not called the choosing people, we're called the chosen people. God didn't choose us because we're special. We're special because God chose us. That's what makes us special. It's when God chose us at Sinai, when God chose to marry us, at Sinai, when he chose to have an intimate relations with us and marry us, and he chose us exclusively, just like marriage is exclusive. You marry one person, your spouse, to the exclusion of everyone else. You can have many best friends, and they remain your best friends. But marriage, intimacy, is exclusive. Intimacy is physical. So God chose the Jewish body. He chose the Jew, human being, flesh and blood. He chose to be intimate with us, to have a relationship with us. And he gave us his Torah. His Torah, he gave us the very same Torah that Hashem is learning. That's the very same Torah that he gives us. That's why Torah is compared to water. It's the same water that was in the heights finds its way to the lowest spot. It's the exact same water. So the Torah that we have, the Torah that we're learning, the Torah that makes sense to our human mind and our human frame of reference, stories in the Torah, the mitzvot, all practical, doable, civil law, agricultural law, these are all things that we can sink our teeth into. It's in our frame of reference. It's in our reality, in our world. The Torah is speaking about very practical things. Lending, lending, allowed to lend with interest, not to lend with interest, money. These are all things we can relate to. These are all practical things from our frame of reference. But we have to remember that this is the exact same Torah. It's the divine Torah. It's Torah Say, it's God's Torah. It remains divine. Even when the Torah comes into this world and it's enclosed in, in physical and material things, it remains his Torah. Torah say. It's the same divine and godly Torah. Like the parable. In the parable you have a lot of depth. The moral of the story and the depth. So it's all here. The Torah is here in its entirety, in its entire depth. We thank Hashem for giving us His Torah. And we say He gave us the Torah. It's a gift. Menosan means we look at the Torah as a matana, as a gift. It's not, God forbid, a burden, an obligation. It's a gift. We don't look at the fact that we're chosen as a burden, an obligation. You know, maybe next time choose someone else. <laughs> it's a gift. 
We thank Hashem for this tremendous, tremendous gift that He gave us. He shared with us His Torah. He allowed us to experience life from the inside out, to see reality from His perspective. He took us behind the curtain and allows us to see reality and truth from Hashem's point of view. So we look at the Torah as a gift. And we conclude, we say, Baruch Hashem, thank you Hashem, Noisein HaTorah. You give us the Torah in the present. Meaning that Hashem is constantly giving us the Torah. Each and every moment, each and every day. It says when you study Torah, you should envision as if you're standing at Sinai, just like Hashem gave the Torah with thunder and lightning. Every time you're studying Torah, Hashem is sitting with you and is teaching you Torah, you, like Hashem is your Chavrusa, Hashem is right opposite you and learning Torah and teaching you Torah. And you experience that same thunder and lightning. Hashem is giving us the Torah today. Why? Why does Hashem have to give us the Torah today? Every day. Why can't we say Hashem gave us the Torah 3,332 years ago? In the year 2,448. Why does Hashem have to give us the Torah constantly and continuously each and every moment well we find the same thing we say it in davening as well Hashem creates the world each and every moment why does Hashem have to create the world each and every moment why can't Hashem just create the world one time and Hashem could give the world enough energy and strength that the world can stand on its own two feet why does Hashem have to constantly and continuously create the world and Hasidus explains because anything that's unnatural has to be constantly and continuous. It's not something that you do it once and it continues. If you develop a certain talent that you had, yes, in the beginning it was difficult. In the beginning you have to teach yourself. A person who's musically inclined, so you have to teach yourself to play piano. It's hard. You discipline yourself. You teach yourself. But once you teach yourself, then it becomes natural. Because even though it was difficult to learn, but nevertheless, you already had that potential. The potential was there. You had an innate uh, inclination for music, and, and you just had to reveal it. You just had to develop it. You had to cultivate it. Once you cultivate it, now it's easy. Now it's automatic. You don't even have to think about it. In the beginning, you had to push yourself to learn, to master to music, or to master anything, master art, whatever, whatever it is you're mastering. In the beginning, you have to exert yourself. It's hard, it's difficult. But once you master it, then it's easy. Then it goes automatically. You don't even have to give it a second thought. Because in that example, all you did was you revealed something that was there. It was a potential. You took the potential and you actualized the potential. So actualizing the potential, you have to exert yourself. But since the potential was always there... Once you actualize it, it's, it, comes, it becomes second nature. You don't even have to give it a thought. But then there are things that are unnatural. And every time you do it, it goes against your nature. A stingy person who has to write a check to tzedakah. <laughs> he has to break himself. He has to break his nature. Every time he writes a check, he cringes. So it doesn't matter how many times he has to write the check. Every time he writes that check, he's going to cringe. He has to go against his nature. He's just stingy by nature. He doesn't want to part with a penny. He wants to take every, every cent, all his billions, he wants to take to the grave. 
He, he just doesn't want to, he can't give away. It's not just can't. So every time he writes a check to tzedakah, he has to break his nature. He has to force himself. So it doesn't matter the first time, the second time, the third time, the tenth time, the hundredth time. Every time you have to constantly force yourself. In the language of Kabbalah, that's called tzimtzum. You have to constantly like, force yourself to, to create this, this reality. And this explains why creation has to be constant. Because Hashem has to constantly make a tzimtzum. He has to like force himself to create the world because it's unnatural. The world is a world, a place where godliness is hidden, godliness is concealed. Where ego runs rampant. And the world appears to be independent. Without a source, without without Hashem, without a creator. For God to create such a world is completely unnatural because it's completely not true. The reality is you can't exist a moment without Hashem. So to create a world which feels apart and separate and independent and disconnected, Hashem has to constantly and continuously recreate such a reality because it's completely unnatural. You can't just create it once and, and, and then it's, it's, it can stand on, on its own two feet. It can't. You're not revealing anything. Hashem is creating something new. A world that conceals ungodliness is something new. It doesn't exist potentially. It doesn't exist in its source. It's contrary to the truth. So to create a world which appears to be separate, independent, egotistical, especially a world which is arrogant, Hashem has to constantly be mitzamtim himself. He has, to con- he has to constantly recreate this world. And the same is true with the Torah. Torah is infinite. Torah is Hashem's mind, Hashem's wisdom. Hashem is infinite, His wisdom is infinite, His will is infinite. To take this infinite wisdom, and to concentrate this infinite wisdom into the words and language, into the letters, the parchment, the words and language, the stories of the Torah, the words of the Torah, the mitzvot, which are physical, the esrog and the tefillin and the, and, and the civil law and agricultural law and the laws relating to the animals, to be able to concentrate this infinite wisdom into the physical, into a, our frame of reference, into this little physical, physically limited box to fit the infinite into this reality, it's an impossibility. So it can't be a one-time thing. Hashem gives us the Torah and then, and then He gave it to us and it's done. No, He has to constantly and continuously give us the Torah. He has to constantly be concentrating Himself and giving us the Torah because it's an impossibility. The idea that Hashem is placing himself, as we say in the opening of the Ten Commandments, Anoichi, the first word is Anoichi, as the rabbis say, Anoichi is an acronym for five words. Ano, nafshi, ksavis, yahavis. God says, Hashem says, I have placed my soul into the words of Torah. So when you're studying Torah, you're touching the divine, you're absorbing the infinite wisdom. Hashem is const- has to constantly and continuously give us the Torah. Every day it's brand new. He's giving us the Torah brand new. Where do we see that most? Where do we express it most? When you write a new Torah scroll. You see the joy. 
I don't know if I'm sure you had the experience of participating in a new Torah scroll. It, it's like giving birth to a baby. It's like it's like the giving of the Torah, the dancing and the joy and the celebration. What, what's the big deal? You're writing another Torah. Thousands and thousands of Torahs were written from, from the giving of the Torah. Tens of hundreds of thousands, millions of Torahs. Why, why, why do we get so excited? Every time we write a Torah scroll, it's as if it's the very first time. It's as if we're re-experiencing the giving of the Torah. Because the truth is, the giving of the Torah happens every moment. It's no less astonishing Today, now, than it was 3,332 years ago with the, when Hashem came down the mountain, the thunder and the lightning. Because it's the same astonishing thing. Hashem is concentrating Himself, His soul, His essence, His infinite wisdom and will into these words and letters and concepts that we can grasp and we can wrap our finite human limited mind and absorb it. It's no less astonishing the same thunder and lightning. Hashem is here, right opposite us, and we're learning Torah. He's teaching us Torah. We're learning His Torah. His Torah. That remains His Torah. It remains infinite. And yet, we're able to learn it, absorb it, understand it. So we say, He's constantly giving us a Torah. The only difference is, when Hashem creates the world, there's two ideas of Tzimtzum. Tzimtzum could mean that you diminish, you make it smaller, or tzimtzum could mean that you concentrate. The tzimtzum with which Hashem creates the world means Hashem diminishes. Hashem diminishes His light. Hides His light, conceals His light, diminishes His light. And with that diminished light, He creates the physical world. Creates the world. When we say tzimtzum in relation to Torah, Hashem is not diminishing. It's Torah say, it's the very same Torah. It hasn't, doesn't change one iota. The very same water that was on high, that very same water reaches the bottom. The entire intense essence of Hashem, its entire infinity and all, it's, it's all there. In every word and every letter of the Torah. It's concentrated. Hashem is able to concentrate His infinite Torah, His infinite self into the words of Torah which only Hashem can do. Imagine taking an elephant and trying to fit an elephant through a needle hole. Meaning the needle hole remains the size of a needle hole. The elephant remains the size of an elephant. And try squeezing the elephant through the needle hole. It's an impossibility, right? You could perform a miracle, the needle hole expands. The elephant walks through it. You could perform a miracle, the elephant shrinks. And, the, sh- and the, the shrunk elephant walks through the needle hole. But that the needle hole should remain a needle hole, <laughs> the size of a needle hole. The elephant should remain the size of an elephant, and yet the elephant walks through the needle hole. This is an impossibility. Well, multiply that infinite times. Hashem's wisdom, Hashem's will remains infinite. And the human mind and the words and the letters remain finite. And yet Hashem is able to concentrate His infinite self his deepest self, his essence, his soul is able to concentrate into every word and every letter of the Torah. Now you understand why we approach Torah with such sanctity, with awe. This is not math, science, physics, brilliance. This is, this is 
an impossibility. This is a godly event. When you're studying Torah, you hear the thunder and the lightning. Hashem is right opposite you. You're learning the infinite. Hashem is constantly giving us the Torah here, now, today. It's no less astonishing today, no less astounding, it's no less miraculous, the ultimate miracle. Just like in the Holy of Holies, Hashem concentrated, says He concentrated the Shekhinah between the poles of the Ark. That's the difference between the Tzimtzum of Torah, the, where He concentrates Himself, versus the Tzimtzum with which He creates the world, Bereish's Bara Olakim, He creates the world with name Olakim, where Hashem hides and conceals and reduces Himself. In Torah, Hashem is not reducing. Not even one iota. When the child learns a Pasuk Chumash and Rashi, the five-year-old child, he can make a blessing. He's learning Torah. When the simpleton called up to the Torah and he makes a blessing, he's touching the divine. Just like the greatest genius and scholar. Because the infinite Hashem's soul, Hashem's infinite self, is concentrated and fully there in those words and letters of the Torah. Every word, every letter in the Torah. Every story in the Torah, every word, every letter. So now we understand how every letter in the Torah contains so much infinite wisdom, contains so much. As the Baal Shem Tov said, we didn't even unwrap the Torah. The Torah is whole, intact, complete. We didn't tell us Hashem Temima. After uh, studying Torah for 3,332 years, we didn't even begin. We didn't even start. With all our brilliance and all our knowledge and all our understanding and all the books that you see around there. The hundreds of thousands of Jewish books and millions of manuscripts, we didn't even scratch the surface. Because every word and letter of Torah is infinite. Whatever we learn, whatever we know, we didn't even start. So you approach the Torah with humility, with sanctity, and we're grateful to Hashem. And we thank Hashem in the morning. First thing, we thank Hashem for giving us this gift of Torah. And therefore we study Torah with relish, with sweetness, with pleasure. And we can't get enough of Torah. The more we learn, it only whets our appetite. The more we want to learn. And there's no cure for this addiction. Studying Torah is very addictive. <laughs> it, just, it just connects you and it touches your soul in such a deep way. It nourishes you, it nurtures you. That's what makes us alive. This is our connection. This is what keeps us alive. This is like ear for us, for a Jew. This is the ear that we breathe. It's like a fish in water. This is our oxygen. This is our life source. Torah is our life. We swim in Torah. We live Torah. It's not compartmentalized. You don't stop breathing. The fish can't survive a moment out of the water. A Jew, we swim in the Torah. This is our life. It's our lifeblood. It's our life. We live the Torah. We love the Torah. We relish the Torah. It's 24-7. We're constantly connecting our lives with the Torah and Torah with, to our lives. And next week, we're going to start, right after we make the blessings, we immediately want to actually learn a little Torah. Because after you make a blessing, you have to start fulfilling the mitzvah immediately. Right after the blessing, you have to, we just made a blessing for studying Torah. You have to start learning Torah. So uh, next week, we're going to start the things that we chose to learn. We chose to learn immediately the priestly blessing, which is studying the written Torah, then the Mishnah and Peah, and then the Braisa, the Gemara from Shabbos. And so we're studying from each part of the Torah. It says a person should divide your day. You should study a third of your day. You should study the written Torah. A third of your day, you should study the Mishnah. A third of your day, Talmud. 
So we take a little of each of the three, and so we immediately fulfill the mitzvah. We made the blessing right after the blessing, before we make any interruption, we immediately start learning Torah. And every morning we start with these three things. So next week we'll cover, please God, we'll cover the priestly blessing, and, um, which is fascinating. Uh, priestly blessing that we hear from the Kohanim here outside the land of Israel. We hear it on the holidays. Um, we hear it from the Chazan every morning. Uh, and uh, every day, every one of us says the priestly blessing. Uh, we conclude the blessings of the Torah. Truth is, we didn't even scratch the surface, but <laughs> for now, we conclude uh, the blessings of the Torah. Mm-hmm.